In every age, God raises people up to speak the truth to the world in a way that is currently relevant. Though our opinions should not be held with the same esteem as the biblical canon, we still carry the hope of Christ to the world. Our society has forgotten what it means to follow Christ. The bright lights of truth seekers are barely visible in the dim twilight of a post-Judeo-Christian society. We all see the darkness coming. All we can hope is to share the light that he has entrusted to us. This is Modern Apocrypha. Jared. And I'm Greg. And this is Modern Apocrypha, and we have a guest with us today. And we're going to be talking about um, something that's a bit of a, it's a bit different from what we normally hit. A lot of times we're talking about big picture stuff and um, how things affect everybody in the world and all of that sort of thing. And, you know, we've talked about how politics is kind of... um, Periphery. Well, and and how it's kind of incentive captured, how it's really hard to make changes on a national level that matter at all. And the opposite is actually true on a state and local level. That is where things really matter and where if we have if we have things that are important to us, that's where they need to be addressed. And that's why Katie's with us today. And so, Katie, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're. What's on your mind of late? Because Modern Apocrypha is a sort of a podcast about the things that are outside the Overton window that people don't really want to talk about most of the time. So what's up? Yeah, something people don't really want to talk about. I have been watching what's going on with the Wyoming State Legislature, and I just think it's important for people to know, to to be aware of everything that's going on. it's kind of a big assumption that Wyoming is a a conservative state and, you know, we, we kind of just go along and do our thing and don't really think about what's going on politically, especially in our state, because it's just an assumption we're conservative and, Oh, it's an all Republican legislature. And, you know, you don't even bother running if you're a Democrat, except in a couple of, couple of cities, the bigger cities and that kind of thing. And, and, even less than like a political affiliation, I think that people need to be aware of what what is going on in the state and how it could impact them and their kids and their families. And we have a unique opportunity, maybe even more in Wyoming than in some places, to have an influence on politics and to have an influence on what's going on because we do have a citizen legislature and you can get in touch with our legislators and and share your thoughts or what you want them you can look up the legislation and say hey i want you to vote this way on this one um and you can't do that as readily in places that are bigger the per- the population just limits well, your access yeah and that was what i was going to say is just that when it comes down to it these people because they are um they don't have a lot of constituents. Everyone who contacts them actually makes an impact. They listen way better than they do in more populous areas. You would think, and there seems to be a higher potential for that to be the case. Unfortunately, um, with my particular location in the state, I happen to have a very um, seasoned representative who 
doesn't seem to matter much what people say or I mean I've contacted him I know people who have and and he's got his his uh kind of uh practiced responses with uh, any issues that are brought up um and it's frustrating it's disappointing and that's one of the things I've been just trying to bring awareness especially to my area because we're his constituents and right now um he's the speaker of the house and yeah, so that's oh. been one of the most upsetting things. So Albert who is Summers this? is the, the Okay, the I know the name. Senator. I know the name. So yeah, so for for a little bit of background for people, when I was younger, I got involved in state politics a little bit as a citizen and I I knew the names of some of the legislators and such and he's been around long enough that I still remember him 15 20 years later, which should tell you something about how long he's been there and Maybe it's time for a change if people weren't asleep. Well, at the and wheel. that's the problem is for the first time in I, I didn't look up the history, but for the first time in several years, several election cycles, he actually had a couple of opponents this past year. And I went around and did some mm-hmm. campaigning for one of them and tried to tell people, hey, we've got these other people running. Here's how he tends to vote. You need to be aware. And oh, he's he's done good things for you know, my family's in outfitting and he does good things for outfitters and oh, he's a lands rights guy and he runs on his name. And unfortunately that tends to be the case yep. with, with some of the more seasoned representatives, people in our legislature is they, they have a reputation and people don't actually know how they vote. They just run based on the name they have established. Well, and that's the case in politics everywhere. Go ahead, Greg. I don't mean to. Well, I see that we've got a, a bit of a standard uh, politics issue. Uh, we've got someone who's seasoned, as you say, um, that, that maybe is not listening to the, um, the the quick change of technology as it's happening right now. And there's a lot of money and there's a lot of influence in what we call DEI. Um, it's falling off a cliff quickly, but if he's slow to the uptake, he's slow to the change in, in that, uh, that, that narrative, he may just be ch- chasing some funding dollar some money, uh, you know, some program that he's not looking at it in a um, a long term. What's going to affect our grandchildren in the law sort of way? Because he knows that nobody presently is going to do stupid things here the way they do stupid things, say in California. And that's possible. What is it that you're observing, Katie? I'm I'm just saying. What is it that you see? Well, for him particularly, so. I looked at and have looked at this year, uh, this uh, um, legislative session, he's, and the, the previous one, so last year's, he's in the position as Speaker of the House. And I don't think it's new. I was pretty upset when I found out about it, but I don't think it's new. There's a rule that I believe has just been kind of carried along that the Speaker of the House gets to decide what bills are even introduced and sent to committee for, for, or considered for introduction. And so as I've looked through some of the bills that have been proposed for the last two elect or legislative sessions, there's, uh, there are numbers of them that really need to be discussed. They are, they're urgent issues for our children, for our state. And he hasn't even brought them up. And I mean, last year, Harriet Hegeman called him out on a couple of things. And there was somebody else that said, you're blocking these issues. And and he brings it back to, um, well, we need to maintain local control, which 
I don't disagree, but I think that the application of that looks different now than it did 20 years ago. Um, well, and I think that, that attacking someone on the any answer is an answer, log it, ask it again, log it, ask it again. And then when it comes time for the election, you can call him on his answers. He's trying, he's trying everything he can to give no answer so that nobody can come back and say, you said X, Y, or Z. If you said nothing, you can't blame him. And as long, if, if, if you never pin him down on anything, then he'll always get away with that. Right. Well, and, and then the other half of it, I think, is that, you know, right now, because of the way politics are at a national level, the more backbone we have at a state level, the more actually defined rules against bad things there are coming down from the national level in a sense, the better off we are. So while local control is important, we also have to have some kind of breakwater against the tide coming in from the national side that is mostly just negative. Well, so to give a little bit more of a fine point to it, because I agree with what you're saying, yeah. the issues that I have been most concerned about just this last month or whatever, while I'm looking at these bills, are um, questions of gender, transitioning and how we handle that mess with kids and um in yeah. schools and in the court system and there have been bills that are that were proposed this session to address those and he slides them under the rug like there's their parent parental rights protections and things like that that people bring up and there were two there were two bills one of them was parental rights and it was just a generic everybody make everybody happy like i voted for this yay and then the other one was a very pointed if they're addressing gender questions in schools if there are um if they're asking kids about their preferences and if they're you know any kind of health issues that are addressed in schools it was to specifically require them to to tell parents here's what we're doing like beginning of the school year here's what we're gonna do and lay it out and that one he did like it wasn't even introduced so i remember when we were young um i had the experience of both homeschooling and um, uh, in class schooling and when i was in class they had to send home packets with the full uh, semester's uh, coursework so that the parents could see every image that was going to be shown every title of a video that was going to be shown i mean it was a curriculum that was being presented to my mom basically because my dad was more off at work but but and my mom like page by page looked at every single thing and had to sign in more than one place it's like one of those silly sign here and initial here and initial here and initial here right and you had to go through that for basic sex edit what was it ninth grade right and now they want to put five-year-olds in full-on very explicit and they are oh, in some states they are and that's why this is it hits close to home for me well and in the internet age in the internet age it's really it's damaging because these things are being uh tagged if you can think about the way that ai works an image has fifty thousand things that apply to that image and it's tagged that way so if this is tagged as children's learning somewhere it could end up in front of your child accidentally so it's a real dangerous, dangerous place to go. Yeah, I agree. And that's where I, I agree with local control. Like we need to keep things local, but when it comes to education and it comes to the way that things are handled in the court system, if we address that 
with legislation and make a law, make a Wyoming statute, then that's, it's not taking away local controls because we already have invited a lot of influence from the federal level by accepting, Wyoming has, has accepted the Common Core curriculum. I don't know how much either of you know about that, but it's, it's federally funded. And so in order to get this federal funding, you sign on to, to teach this particular curriculum. And by doing so, we have already invited federal controls. And so when I see these things happening, you know, in other states, it's farther along. And to say we need to keep control local, well, no, if we've already given influence to the federal at a federal level, we need to have establish regulations at a state level so that it maintains local control. And we, like you say, we have to protect people's right to do that. And so just since we're here, what are the things that people, and this isn't just for people in Wyoming, we say that people in Wyoming have more impact, but this is for people everywhere. What are the things that you know of that people should be doing? So at, at Wyoming, in Wyoming, and I mean, at an, in any state, you can contact your legislators. And I know that's the case because we can contact them at a federal level too. So one of the easiest things and biggest things that I've been encouraging people to do right now is during this legislative session for Wyoming, get in touch with your legislators. And I have a, a link that it's really easy to get on to the website for the state legislature, look up who your representatives are by location. They have phone numbers, email addresses, just get in touch with them. And I have a list of bills that are, and like I can just looked up yesterday, what's the progress on these particular bills and encourage them to support them because we've already, I have a list of ones if that you... were passed over, weren't even considered. I have the ones that I really wish had gone in and then there's some that got killed already, but there are a few that people can get in touch and say, hey, vote for this, make it pass. So I, I can include links in the show description. And if you send me links, I'll do that. If you have a specific list of things that, that you think are important that people ought to look at, do you have well, that in front I, of That's part of the document that I emailed to you, that it has a list of the specific right. legislation. Those ones are all still active. So so can, do you have it in front of you? If so, can you read some yeah, of sure. these names? Because I can't, I can't attach a document to the show notes, but I can do links. So, so. absolutely. Uh, I've got some specific pieces of legislation. So the ones that I was urging people to tell their legislators vote yes on this. There's a House Bill 92, which is protection of parental rights. It's a watered down version, but it still is trying to preserve parents' um, right to know what's going on, especially in the schools. Um, HB, that's House Bill 148, is regulation of surgical abortions. Again, not a pointed kind of um, doesn't directly address the issue as much as I would like, but it's still, uh, it, it's on the, on the right track. We're requiring okay. locations that offer abortions to have, um, certification, like cert actual practicing physicians and certification as a medical location. So you can't just have that happen anywhere. Um, House Bill okay. 125 
is a repeal of gun-free zones and preemption amendments. So that is addressing our our Second Amendment rights and um yeah that yeah that that would be a good thing. Well, and Jeremy Haroldson was the one who introduced that bill. He's the sponsor for it, the main sponsor. It's the okay, only so one. Of- he's somebody who yeah. I knew. He's somebody who I knew way back in the day. He and I kind of we grew up around the same time. Yeah, and did some of so. the same had some of the same experiences in politi- politics early on. And Right. And now he's a state yes. legislator. And just like as a matter like side note, that of the six or so bills that he proposed this session, that's the only one that was even put introduced for consideration. Um Yeah. Then Senate file 9 is Okay. Parental rights in education one. Nope, that one that one was killed, sorry. Senate file, oh, that was right. the one that would have been a much more direct way to address all of the gender stuff in schools and say parents need to be aware of what's going on. Yeah. But they killed it that one. Senate file ninety nine is called Chloe's Law, Children Gender Change Prohibition. This one would actually yep. make it illegal for gender change surgery and I believe chemical um, prescriptions. Yeah. Chemical, any of that for that to be illegal physicians would be prohibited from providing that for minors. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and these are things that should just be basic. Oh yeah. We're in, we're in Wyoming. This should have happened already. This should already be this, this should be a no brainer, but obviously. Well, and the problem is, what, part of what brought this to my attention, and it was that issue specifically, there's a, a family in Montana who uh, you may yeah. have read about in the news. Their yep. teen was removed from their custody, and the issue is closely related to her desire for, she's expressed the desire to transition, and her parents were opposed to that. And so there were she was suicidal. And so they went in to investigate her suicide attempts, which weren't actually real. And in doing so found out that she wanted to transition and they were opposed to it. And it's hard to find very accurate information when you read about this, but I know that she was removed from their custody. I know that they specifically requested that she be kept in Montana because they have laws that are going to be going into place, prohibiting gender change, surgeries for minors and they took her instead to a hospital in Wyoming for her initial care and they were her parents were concerned about that because we don't have any laws to that effect right well and it's a valid concern you know we've we see this crap happening all over the world all over the US especially in places like Canada and having it come here really is not no. far fetched we actually have to do what we can to make this not happen. And like I've said, local politics, state politics are the place where you can actually make And a people difference. in Wyoming are in denial. When I did some more digging, I found that out and then did some more digging. There's currently a statute, a state statute in Wyoming that defines for the state, the sake of interscholastic activities, it defines gender identity as something that can be demonstrated by medical treatments or by a deeply held core value. So it's already in the statutes. It's not something that's trying to work its way in. Like it's there and we need to get rid of it. And that the bill that was proposed to uh, um, 
eliminate that statute or to amend it, guess what? Didn't even get discussed. Yeah, that, like you say, well, and like Greg said, not wanting to say anything, but just doing the easy thing. That is sort of the the hallmark of politics right now is not rocking the boat so much that you actually upset people. And Right. And you can appear to agree with everybody because you just don't you don't really say anything. And then which voice comes through the loudest? It's the one that's the most persistent. And that's why we need to be persistent. Those of us who want to preserve some of these freedoms, some of these biblical values, we need to be persistent and we need to be vocal because the loudest people right now, it's not us. Well, and I would say be persistent and be vocal, but be persistent and vocal in both directions. Be um, disgruntled and serious when things don't happen, but be jovial and and be celebratory of the, the, the people that do say yes and get it done because too often as libertarians republicans christians we're just quiet so when they do something great well they and don't even know that's very valid because we don't tend to to vocalize when we do approve uh, of something you're absolutely right well and the people who actually spend their lives and their time and their efforts championing those things in a way that's effective do need to be supported because it's a pretty lonely fight when you're fighting not not just against the people who are out to destroy things who are essentially part of the enemy's plan for what he's trying to accomplish in the world but they're also against the system itself which is basically set to just preserve the status quo or sort of let things change in the enemy's direction in a at a slower pace when you're actually standing up against that that is a lonely and difficult fight and so yeah you're right we need to be supporting those people um this is actually a good time for a break you guys want to go to a break real quick and then we'll come back and yeah. finish up i can always use more coffee all right we'll be back in a minute back in a minute Modern Apocrypha is brought to you by Bright Star, the forthcoming book by me, Jared Michaud, due to hit shelves April of 2024. For pre-release copies, head over to e6universe.com. Use the promo code Israel for 10% off with your order. I'd like to take a moment to thank all the people enjoying Modern Apocrypha. As many of you have seen, I'm an Abbey coffee drinker, and I've been drinking North Arrow coffee for a couple of pounds now. You can find North Arrow Coffee at northarrowcoffee.co, all one word, where they list coffee of the month and how green coffee is handled. I've been enjoying some of the number four Honduras and some of the number 10 Peru available at northarrow.co. If you'd like to help support us even more, you can use discount code E6 for 10% off your coffee order today. Thank you. We're back. Welcome back, everyone. So, what else did you want to hit here? So, just to kind of clarify and sum up what 
has been on my mind lately and what I've been attempting when all of the legislative stuff came to, to light for this session in Wyoming, I just try to put my thoughts together in a more concrete form so that I could share with other people. And one of the biggest things that is really important, um, when we look in scripture, we look at First uh, Timothy 2, 1 through 2, is a verse that says, uh, I urge then, first of all, that prayer, petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may all live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. It says it right there. The very first group you that's know, discussed is kings and all those in authority. You know, it's interesting that you say it. Over the past few days, I've actually, th this has got to be something that God is like, trying to bring out for people right now, because over the past couple of days, I've actually seen a couple of different people talking about exactly the same thing where they're saying we need to be praying, whether it's because, um, and actually that was what we talked about in the men's group the other night saying we need to be praying because the reason we're not seeing the kind of salvations we used to, the reason we're not seeing the things that we need to see is because people aren't praying the way they once did. And I think there's, when, when one person says it, I go, Oh, that's yeah, that's probably true. Two people say it. And I go, well, that's interesting. And then I get it a third time and I'm like, okay, so there's something here that's actually important and we need to be paying attention. And I think you're right that we need to be praying for the people who are in places of authority and that's especially for the people who are, what would I say, who are not following our agenda, who are not doing the things that we know are good and right. Because one way or another, they need to have God impact them in a way that matters. I agree. And and it's that is interesting that that came up with in other, in men's group or anything else. Um, because... I, uh, when I, as I continued that, that's the first verse and we're told to pray for them. But really to me, it ties into some, sub, something much bigger um, because the powers and principalities, you know, we wrestle against powers and principalities and there are high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And those are really active in our country right now, maybe more than ever before. And they're really eager to work through and against people who hold positions of authority and leadership and we need to pray for them. We need to pray for direction and guidance. We need to pray for protection for the ones that are out there fighting this battle and, and working for, to, for what's right. Um, and that, yeah. that we need to pray that things that are done in secret would be revealed and that God's purpose and plan would prevail. And I mean, even when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, it was your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and, and that says that it's currently not done on <laughs> earth as it is in heaven and that praying actually has an impact. That's, that's what that example tells us. So I no, I agree a hundred percent. I think yeah. that's pretty critical. So, and, um, and, and, um, yeah, just go ahead. that, that going with more scripture, in Matthew chapter five, it's like 13 through 16 that talks about how we are the salt. We are salt and light. And it, and it says 
that if salt loses its saltiness, what good is it? And if, you know, you don't put, build a city on a hill and then, and, and, or, you know, light a lamp and cover it with a basket. And if we're called to be salt and we're called to be light, then really that comes from being salty. And that means we're not going to be a pleasant taste for everybody that, that is around us. But when you stand up for what's right and you speak the truth and you stand with confidence on the word of God and in his strength, then that's really where you end up having, having an influence on people around you too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and this is, you know, the other thing about salt that I think is interesting, and this is, this is actually a point that I, I kind of belabor it, but I think it's important is that it isn't about who is the big voice, who is the big name. It's about each and every one of us doing that regularly, faithfully, as we are able in whatever circumstances confront us, whether it's you know, whether it's the people who surround you at a job, whether it's whatever it is, we have to be salt and light. And there are going to be costs associated with that. There are going to be, um, it isn't an easy thing to do, but it is something we all have to do. And we can't just leave it to the people who have the big voices. That doesn't work. Right. And because, because it isn't. I've got uh, just... I've got two things to, th to say on the topic of uh, salt and light and then the topic overall. Both salt and light are, are very interesting in the idea that you want them in a balanced amount. A good amount of salt is just the right. It's not too little where you can't taste it. It's not so much that it overpowers and it's all that you can taste. It is a flavoring that improves what's around it. It doesn't take over. And the same is true of light. Not enough light. You can't see anything. Too much light. You can't see anything. Just the right amount of light and everything is clear. You know, it's interesting you say that. We, as as Christians, as followers of Christ, I think, I think to me what that means is that God has the right number of us and the right amount of us. It isn't about us limiting our effect or our reach. It's about God knows where we need to be and what we need to be doing, and we need to be faithful to that. And then on the topic um, in general, I've heard as well from secular circles. Um, oh, gosh, who's the gentleman that had the, the big discussion with Jordan Peterson about atheism versus uh, religion? I don't know. Oh, goodness. He's just um, full on that, that God's not possible and religion is terrible because it kills people. Well, you're not talking Sam Harris, are you? Yes. Thank okay. you. Okay. I'm terrible with names. That's all uh, right. So in the in the general discussion group in that in that, that completely secular area, complete um, um, bowing down to the notion that prayer is important, specifically the statement. And I, I'm trying to get a quote. It's not exact, but this is a, it's close enough to what they said that you may not believe in God, you may not believe in religion, but it believes in you. It's always a, a force around you. Every one of your favorite songs is quoting a scripture. I, I can show you six of your favorite songs that you thought was a hippie song. It's really a Christian song. So as you go through these things, like nature, you may not care that it's going to rain, but you still build a roof over your head. 
you still, whether you call it meditation or you call it prayer, you need to uh, submit to a higher power or it will blow you over. Well, and, and here's the other thing is when people talk about meditation and submitting to a higher power, you want to be careful what power you're submitting to because you're not, you're not necessarily, uh, not well, all that, roads lead to God, not all well, roads that, lead to God. That was in the discussion is that you can't separate it. As soon as you get away from what I call a Judeo Christian tradition, yeah. then it's perverted into some terrible things immediately. So prayer is right. and it works. Even if you know someone that doesn't know how to build a house, they still don't want to be left in the rain. If you can build a house, you can pray, right? You can help put up those walls. Then you can assist someone, even if they don't know how to build that house themselves. Don't think that you don't have an effect. True. And, and you know, this sort of, what would I say? This sort of um, points back at the point that Jonathan Kahn made in his book, uh, Return of the Gods, which is sort of that our culture in embracing a godless ethic in embracing a secular society has sort of swept the house clean and left it open for the enemy to come in and inhabit the society and to make, to turn what used to be a Christian society into something that is worse than it ever was before. And, and that's, well, we hmm. see the evidence of that happening. I mean, what do you even say? What we can observe. Yeah, and we do. If we aren't active in praying and if we don't stand up, then, then what would I say? It, you, for a long time, for years and years in this country, you could kind of just, you know, be, go to church if you felt like it, be relatively neutral, but there was an understanding. There was a general standard of this is, this is how you treat people. This is how you contribute to society. I mean, th that was the thing to be a contributing member of society. There was a general understanding and an expectation of people and the way that you just, the way you live common courtesy, common decency, right? That isn't the case anymore because people don't realize those arise from that Judeo-Christian value system. There, without those, without that, without that standard, there is no general standard of right and wrong. It's not, it's wrong. That it's very black and white in that right comes from God and otherwise it's wrong. And so as we have what you said, Jared, swept the house clean, we have left it open and now it's being inundated with other, other spiritual powers. Other value systems and yes. other powers. And so by yeah. being the people that God calls us to be and standing up and, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that are left feeling pretty uncertain right now because we don't have that standard anymore. And as much as some people want to throw it out because then you're not accountable to anyone, you know, you're free to make your own decisions. You don't have anybody to answer to. It leaves life, in a just a state of uncertainty. And that's not, not normal. It's not, or it's not, maybe not normal. It's not natural. It's not good for people. It's, and, it, and it isn't comfortable ultimately. It's really not. And so whenever we stand on, 
with confidence on biblical standards, on truth, then really we are pointing back to God and it gives people hope. Well, and that's something that we're, as a society, we're horribly lacking. You know, I, I don't know if you've listened to the intro to this podcast, but what you're talking about is very much along those lines. So maybe when, maybe uh, you can listen to this episode later and you can hear that intro, but you know, I absolutely agree with you. I think that's incredibly important. And my mission right now, what I'm doing is along those same lines. People need hope. And I have a particular gifting, a particular set of abilities, and I'm trying to do what I can to give people hope through those. And I know Greg's doing the same. And Katie, you're, you're a mom and you're, you've got all these other things you're doing. And it's a totally different set of things than what I'm doing. But you too are trying to do the same thing. And that is what we're saying that other people need to do is God gives you a set of responsibilities. Stand on the truth, speak the truth, be salt, be light. What else do we want to hit here, guys? Oh, just agreeing with you in whatever area you are, because we are all in very different, different walks, different areas, but all can, if, if our hope comes from God and that's the only source for hope, then all of us are pointing back to him in whatever we're doing. I have a question before we leave. Um, I know we're coming close to the end of this. Um, what is our time frame? These are specific battlefields to be fought at specific times. You need to rally troops at, at, on the line at a time. What's our What's our time frame? Right now, we're at the very end of February. You're looking at gathering people to to address the the uh, politicians in power to vote them out at a particular time. If it comes close, what, well, are, your, what are your time with the legislation that I just talked about um, on the first half, the legislative session that we're currently in will be over on March. Uh, it's coming up. I mean, ending early March. And so all of these particular bills, um, if people want to, to talk to legislators about them now, because then this legislative session will be over in March. Well, and, and sadly, by the time voting comes around, a lot of people have sort of forgotten what happened in the legislative session and they're on to other things. Yeah. And, and so maybe nothing changes. Yeah. So maybe keeping, taking, taking notes, remembering so that whenever election is, is coming around, being vocal about what you observed well, during so, this session, this legislative session, so that people have a more accurate picture of, of what is really going on and what these people, these individuals, politicians stand for, so that we can replace them because otherwise they just rest on that reputation. So I will definitely be keeping my list of, of things that uh, were not introduced and bills and the way that people voted and, and bringing that out whenever election comes around again. But for the moment, I mean, if anybody's going to contact Wyoming legislators, this session's almost over. So do it now. What, what I can do um, normally we would release one episode a week, but 
because this is sort of time critical, what I'll do is I will try to get this actually edited and put out day of so that people can see it and you can share it. And, you know, one of the things that I'd hope to accomplish here is if, if any of us know people who need to hear this, now you have, or we'll have a YouTube link. We'll have a rumble link. We'll have an audio link. You can send it to people. They can, you can have them listen to it. They don't have any excuse not to hear it if they need to hear it. So we'll try to do that too. Sounds good. Anything, any final thoughts, Greg, or shall we call it here? I think that's all for me. Well, I appreciate the conversation and opportunity today. Thank you for coming to talk to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. All right, everybody. Well, we will catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks so much.